We're back. Yay, yay, yay. Terry and Alex <laughs> unhooked in the nook. Oh, boy. <laughs> what will be next? I do not know. Are you nervous? My little heart's going pitter-patter. <laughs> pitter-patter. Is that a nervous reaction or is that a half-asleep <sighs> reaction? Who the hell knows? I do not know. I do not know. It may be a caffeine-related... Uh, See, I'm used to drinking wine, not Diet Coke, but mm. it is a little early, so I'm being good. I mean, no one else knows what time it is. Oh, that's yeah, correct. I don't have a it's clock five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I guess in England, maybe. But yeah. yeah. Go back a few. <laughs> <laughs> so today, um, in this episode, I was hoping to kind of point out the obvious here in a discussion considering we are having a discussion and we are sharing our discussions. Um, but I wanted to talk about the importance of being able to articulate um, your feelings, articulate what's going on around you. Um, it is my personal belief, and I suspect yours as well, that there is power in being able to identify um, accurately identify what you're feeling, what you're thinking, um, and what's happening around you. Um, especially given our shared experiences, I think that that uh, <laughs> that's why I was quite confident that you would agree with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we jump into the meat of that, which you know, for some that might be um, intuitively, of course, but. Others might have never really stopped to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd like to discuss it more. But first, um, is there a story that occurs to you where either your ability to articulate, um, you know, what you're feeling, thinking, or what's going on around you helped? Or maybe even a time where your inability to articulate what you're feeling and what's going on around you uh, put you at a disadvantage. So, you know, either direction, you know, being able to and or being unable to, and how that impacted the situation you found yourself in. Ooh, another good one. Mm -hmm. Another good one going through the Rolodex of my brain. <laughs> uh, let's see. Which one would be more poignant? Um, not able to articulate? Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm going to share this one because it's recent. It it happened just last month, uh, the day before Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras in, um, in New Orleans. I was fortunate enough to to be there with with um, my husband. And um, anyway, an incident happened in the downtown market area, um, a little bit off the beaten track. But but not not too far, and I mean in the French Quarter, but um, it was a little souvenir shop, and you know people were were in a festive mood. It was a Sunday morning, actually. Um, I was by myself. My my husband had to take care of some work um, related matters, so uh, you know he, I I said, oh well, you know instead of having me sit wait for you at the office, I said just drop me off. You know I hadn't been to New Orleans for a good while, and. Uh, Anyway, so I was in a, a, a t-shirt shop and a souvenir shop, and um, there was a, a, a woman next to me 
and and she was getting herself all like I don't know what the right word I'll say old fogey words all dialed up all gussied <laughs> up um you know she had on a really cool green hat with purple feathers and gold beads and and she was picking out uh some like Mardi Gras related t-shirts and and anyway um and I'd say she was probably 25-ish uh African-American just you, you, like you could feel her energy she she just was so ready to like just get out there and um and I loved her energy so I didn't really have a conversation with her but I was looking at some items right where she was and anyway she picked out a bunch of cool stuff and I'm like yeah okay you go I'm thinking you go you're gonna have fun she goes up um to the cashier and is is paying for her her items and it's taking my breath away but a guy came in a big big guy um maybe in his 40s um mean crazy eyes goes up to her and said what the hell are you doing in here you don't belong you get up on that corner where where you belong he said do i have to do i have to smack you and and you know and it it i was in the shop with um it was all women in the shop there were there were two um Asian women that, that, that were working at the shop, one behind the, the register and the other like putting merchandise out. It was not filled with a lot of tourists because this particular place was a little bit off the beaten path. Um, but the guy was just, he, he, he said that from a distance. And, and like I said, crazy eyes. And he walks up to her and, and like grabbed her like kind of behind her neck and was you know do I have do I have to do I have to hurt you you know and help you know and and just it it, it was it was like so bad that I was it, I was shocked number for a lot of reasons number one that that in today's world a guy would talk to someone like this number two that the physicality and how fast it it, it happened mm-hmm. and you know how I am. I am like a warrior for social justice. And there was so much, so many things going wrong right here that I, I just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing nothing. I stood there in shock. And I wanted to say, well, like, hey, man, leave her alone or or, or miss come over here or or I'm looking at the the cashier and she it it like stunned all of us. We we didn't know we collectively we all felt the pain for this woman. We just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I didn't I I did not do anything except look as she took her merch, you know, paid her went out with with this guy. Mm. And um and once she left, I, I kind of looked at the other ladies and, and I was, I'm like, I'm hope she's okay. And yeah, I don't know. That was so not me. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this discussion with my husband later about what happened in that gift shop. And, 
And he said, oh, you did the right thing. He said, you know, this is New Orleans. This is, you know, you don't know that guy. He could have been a pimp. He could have, you know, it could have been any. He could have had a gun. He could have killed, shot everybody up. Um, he said, then you're no good. If you're dead, you know, you're, and whatever. Mm-hmm. He was trying to comfort me <laughs> in his engineering way. Um, but it didn't. It didn't diminish the fact that I felt like I left, let this woman down. And you feel that the answer would have been to say something? The answer would have been to put it this way. I, I, I believe that if this incident had happened here where we live mm-hmm. in a store where I'm comfortable in my neighborhood, it, it, I would have intervened. There's no question. I would have pulled her to the side. I would have said, hey, man, that's not cool. You know, do you need help? I would have called 911. I would have done things. At least I believe I would have. I don't know. Uh, But it it just caught me so off guard. and, and And it just was so sad on so many levels that this woman was... Obviously, before the guy got there, having such a good time. I mean, I, I could feel her energy. I, she made me smile. She bought these shirts and things and, you know, beads. And she was obviously preparing herself to have a really good time. And then, like, this happened and she's gone with this abusive person. And and I don't know what happened to her and I don't know her life story. Mm-hmm. But the part of me that wants to speak up and do the right thing did not speak up in that in that incident, and you know, at that time, and and I I still think of it, and it's yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, stunned into silence, and silence is not your uh, not no. the tool that you use in your tool bag. No, so, it really isn't. Yeah, it really isn't. And a lot of times I, you know, I would find myself judging other people like, what, what, why did, what, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you, Mm. you know, and it it just, I have no excuses for it. I mean, it, it, it happened fast. Mm -hmm. I, I was shocked by it. Yeah. And, and then it was over. And then I was left to deal with my feelings about that. So it seems like there's two factors you've already pointed out to one you were out of your kind of comfort in terms of your home space you're mm-hmm. you were in a location that you're not used to being there's just that and i can definitely relate you know if, if you're home ground if you're not on the home ground you're feeling at a disadvantage or at a loss as to what to do because you're already thrown off you you're 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 processing all these other pieces already, so that's like taking up power to process where you're at and where what the energies are, which are there is very different than where we live. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot more energy, um, and that it happened so quickly that it wasn't something that an incident where it kept occurring day in and day out, and you went home and you thought about it, and then you you know it was like it happened, and then it stopped, and then. It, you're just kind of left stunned, which certainly I think takes makes a disadvantage of being able to act in that moment because it's just 
yeah, it's moving so quickly. It's like a car crash. It's just like, whoop, here we are. Yes. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, you've reflected on this, and you had, you had told me about this um, in private, you know, uh, when we were catching up. And I don't know that – have you concluded that you – like, if you – in an ideal world, if you could time travel back into that moment, that you would have – like, is there – you know, obviously, your husband was saying no. There was no safe options. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, this is more out of curiosity. Do you feel that there was something you could have done in that moment? And I, I, I understand the discomfort with silence because that's not your style. But I, w- I, I would have been more proud of myself, I mm-hmm. guess, if I would have said something or mm-hmm. tried to diffuse it or stood maybe closer to her or ask her if she's safe. I, it, it just, I, I. I don't. I don't like the fact that I did not say anything. Could you say that you're feeling guilty about? Yeah, it? yeah. I I could definitely say that. Mm. Yeah, I could. And um and and yeah. And who knows what would have happened or could have happened? I right. I don't know. I I don't know if that's commonplace, more common, um, around a Mardi Gras situation with. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know her story. I don't know this guy's story. But he had a lot of anger, and he was big and scary, and mm-hmm. and crazy eyes, and yeah, that that scared me. Right. Right. And I felt so bad for that woman. I felt mm-hmm. so bad for her. Yeah, as we've discussed about, both of us are for there's a lot of psychoanalytical reasons we could go into but that we're inclined to protect that we're inclined to seek justice and then also wrestling with when is it our responsibility or could we have even done anything like you know one example we've talked about is as children trying to help moderate our parents mm-hmm. marriage and it's like <laughs> well yeah good luck <laughs> you know so it's you know there's a lot of that wrestling but then you end up just walking away feeling guilty because especially if you're someone whose inclination is to speak and you were stunned into silence, that's like the most extreme other action or lack of action. Yes, it is. It's unfamiliar for you. It is. Whew. <laughs> well, I hope that you feel less guilt over time. I don't know that you could have done anything. Not that my opinion is fact, because it's certainly not, but... Yeah, and and I don't know either, and I, I don't dwell on it, but, mm. you, you know, when this question was, when you asked me this question mm-hmm. about speaking up or not speaking up, yeah, I, I, I have, you know, a hundred to one times that I've spoke up that I could talk about, and I have one or a few times that I didn't and that one was very recent Mm. and still you know still in my head so sure spinning around Mm -hmm. so stepping back you know I absolutely understand why that was the story that occurred to you um, for many reasons Um, visceral it's recent um, the unfamiliar 
choice to not speak, um, all of those things, I can easily say how you jumped onto that one. In terms of, um, let's say, not an incident that happens quickly, let's say um, that's more of a chronic, and I'm thinking relationally chronic, and this can be with family or um, friends or coworkers, take your pick, but what your first swing at it, where do you think the power comes from? Not necessarily in being able to speak up to them, which I want to get to and I agree is important, but what is the power in being able to articulate what is happening to you, around you, or within you? So not like something that you would say to your therapist or you would write in a journal, I'm mm -hmm. feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling bullied. I'm feeling... I'm You're asking me like, what's um, the power in that? What what is the power mm -hmm. in in owning what you're being able to articulate, to articulate. put words to your actual mm -hmm. experience or what you are, is around you that's causing the experience? Well, the the power in it is that let's say without writing it or without saying it, without speaking it, you suffer a a, a long slow death. I mean, you're, you're already dead inside if you cannot verbalize, articulate, um, advocate for your own feelings as well as, as those around you or, or, th or causes that you believe in. You must speak up. Things are not going to change. You're not, you're, you're not going to get... Closure is not even what I, I, closure came in my no brain, not closure. Closure never really happens, I guess, and maybe until you, you're six feet under. It's, and, you, and even then, mm. who knows? Um, but getting back to the subject, the power in articulation, it, it's, a, a, it's a necessity. It is... It's how, it's how we progress as humans. It's how we live as humans. It's how you express emotions to someone. I mean, you may not be able, you, you might not be a real physical, huggy, touchy, feely kind of person, but you might be able to write a beautiful poem for someone or paint a beautiful, lovely picture for someone. And that's expressing that's expressing your love or your your emotions for someone, um, but you have to, in some form, articulate what is happening and and what is what you're feeling, what you're living. Like you use the example of writing it in in, in a journal. Uh, yeah, I I'm surrounded by a lot of creative artists folks and you know a lot of a lot of that articulation is is going to be in art and i can kind of gauge an artist's health mental health their their spiritual health their you know their message i can gauge it by by looking at different forms of art and i'm like oh okay what were you thinking and i'll you know for my own children, you know, what were you thinking when you when you picked these colors, you know, and and you dig a little deeper, and it's the human experience, of so so getting back to your question, why is it important? It it's important because we all want to 
live the best life we can as humans. And the way we do that is by articulating what we're feeling, what our dreams, our goals are. Um, and you, ha you have to do that or you're, you're not relating to other people. If you keep everything bottled up and you go through life, I, I don't really know how you can actually do that, you know, like to make friendships or to, or to have love interests or, or um, I guess you could get hired in a job where you don't really have to interact with, with humans, um, IT maybe, no. Sorry, I threw that in as a joke, but couldn't resist. <laughs> I could, I just couldn't resist that. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it's a necessity. Yes, mm -hmm. the the power of words. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Relating was the word that really buzzed in my head when you said relating or relationally. That how else do you? And I clearly agree that be, the ability to articulate what you're feeling and experiencing and what's happening in the world around you is extremely powerful. Um, I actually do struggle to, I, I can usually get myself into the mental state of someone pretty easily, um, their emotional state. But one thing, an experience that I just cannot understand is not speaking. You know, when it's the only articulation is of shallow pieces of subject that it's like, how do you operate? How, I mean, to me, being able to, being able to articulate what's happening around me is like a map, you know, I'm, I'm being able to say this person is doing that. The weather is doing this. The way those colors are affecting my mood is this mm -hmm. way and then being able to articulate what is going on inside of me is like which direction am i driving and mm -hmm. how fast am i going so if i don't know which direction i'm going and how fast i'm going and i don't know where i am at because i don't have a map like i can't even begin to relate to that experience and it seems that there are a lot of people that do operate that way and mm -hmm. i hope that they're happy but it's hard <laughs> for me to it really is hard for me to comprehend that way of existing um, because it just seems so critical to existing. It's mm -hmm. uh, I, I I genuinely feel for individuals who don't know how to put words on what they're experiencing inside and outside of themselves. Like genuinely, I do too. Like, it feels claustrophobic to me. Yeah, I I do too, and um, I also think, unfortunately, with technology the way it exists you you know humans really can to the largest degree ever isolate themselves mm. from other humans with technology with working at home with um you know watching online shows or or um going to a, a live chat but not really having to ever chat they mm. can hear other people talk and they can feel uh like they are participating but their voice is never heard because they never take the chance to put their thoughts out there. Right. And it, yeah, I, I, I too have empathy for, for a lot, a, a lot of people who just go through life not able to communicate, not, not able to articulate. Mm -hmm. 
what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, what their needs or desires. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't know how you can make friends or have a social connection with, with others without doing that. Right. Yeah, and I don't know how you can, um, you know, kind of going back to more of a standard thought of power, I don't even know how you can resolve trauma or resolve um, internal conflict or reserve, resolve external conflict, mm -hmm. you know, without being able to really identify what's going on. Now, granted, I have repeatedly found myself in situations where I've been gaslit, where I'm being told that what I'm experiencing is the opposite or very different uh, or being told how I feel, which irks the hell out of me. Uh, for the record, I stand very strongly that the only person that can tell you how you feel is you. Just agree clear. yeah <laughs> you can ask you can guess you can question but the only person who can truly say it is that person and the reason i feel that strongly is because i've been gaslit into being told that my experiences are invalid or that what i'm feeling is not what i'm really feeling and that is why i believe i've developed the skill to articulate and say no i am feeling this way and this is why i know and this is i can put words on that um and then so then I'm like stretching out to not just internally, but externally. A simple example um, that most people can relate to is if you're in a toxic workplace, mm -hmm. if you're unable to articulate how that toxicity um, forms. I mean, it's one thing if you say, well, every time I see my boss, he smacks me across the face. Well, that's that's pretty easy to put into words. I think we can all agree. But if what he's doing is demeaning you in in more subtle ways um that, that is harder and then if you can't put words on it then it's how do you address it in any way now whether hr or supervisors or leadership will do anything about it, it's a whole different question mm -hmm. but at least you have a fighting chance if you can get get your hands around that slipperiness and yes it's like that's like what words are is getting a grip on what is actually happening so that you can say, okay, here we are. This is what's happening. This is where we need to go. And this is how we can do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you do that without words. Yeah. Um, yes. When, when you were describing that those, those little micro aggressions, it, 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 yeah, I'm thinking of the like thousand little paper cuts, mm. you know, a little paper cut in itself isn't going to kill you, but a thousand over time it 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 does it it, it kills you mm -hmm. and you do have to articulate you have to document those type of things and it is very difficult in a work environment to do those things because number one you and I think we discussed this in another podcast most of us work because we need to earn a paycheck right. and we have bills to pay and it's not something that you can just say oh well you know i'm not putting up with this i'm out of here mm -hmm. it you're almost forced to try and come to a resolution and to make things better and you either tune out or you speak up and when you speak up then you bear the repercussions of that right. and um and it's not easy to speak up when it's management and higher level managers over that manager and yeah you know and uh it, it's it's never easy right but you have to do it you have to do it for your own 
self-esteem, your own sanity. Yeah. So how else are you going to hold your boundaries if, unless you articulate your boundaries and how they're being crossed? Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. And I can't help but think that parents or guardians or, you know, adults that orbit close to your life as a child, they are your first test, you know. <laughs> and um, one of the hardest things that I have experienced and has informed I, me on a fundamental level um, and is pretty much in any conversation anyone will ever have with me is that when I was younger, um, not even that young too, but when I was young, quite young, um, my mom would tell me, you don't love me. And it just, it was so hard for me because it was like I was being guilted while being attacked. And I mean, I'm talking kid, I mean, single digit years we're mm -hmm. not you know i'm not a teenager or something which is not appropriate either then but you know really young just trying to defend myself from what i felt were just and i still believe are abuses of sorts and it's like i'm just i'm just trying to protect myself and actually no i do love you so much i feel guilty for protecting myself and it, it, it has literally informed every part of who i am um and again, I truly believe is why I feel so adamant about not letting someone speak for me, uh, not letting someone tell me how I feel, and feeling that the most important tool in a, anyone's toolbox is the ability to articulate what are you feeling, what are you experiencing, what's happening around you, and where do you want to go? I mean, you're going to apply it any i can't think of a situation that's not applicable some it's less you know of a consequence mm -hmm. <laughs> than others but mm -hmm. it's kind of how we relate you know to the world whether it's with other people or whether we're cooking something up you know or driving or it's everything is where am i what am i experiencing and where am i going to go and you i think said at some point very early on in this conversation about that's how humans evolve. That's how where is we where are we going as a humanity? Where mm -hmm. are we now? Mm -hmm. What are we experiencing? Where do we want to go and how do we get there? Well, you, I don't know that you can really do that without articulating it. No. And you can be bullied around and pushed around. Mm -hmm. If you can't find the words, then you're, you're kind of floundering and then you're at a disadvantage. So it's, it's not just a forward evolution, but also just being able to not be run over. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes courage to mm. speak up. Yes. And a lot of the population, especially using your example, you know, when you're in single digits is, <laughs> and and you're, you know, you have these things going on with your parents, it it's a lot of a lot of kids shut down. They just mm. it's easier, less confrontational to just be quiet. And yeah. um uh, and just not address it. And when you do speak up and you you go there, then it leads to other things. And the other things may not be good things. And so you shut up and you're like, okay. Um, yeah. And then you spend the rest of your adult life 
trying to mm. get over those 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 incidents and and the I don't always want to I, – I don't really – the word toxicity is coming in. I don't want to mm. use that because I I do feel that parents, for the most part, generally try to do their best. Agreed. But they have baggage too. Agreed. And they had childhoods that probably were not ideal. And, you know, so I, I, I don't want a blanket that, you know – parent parenting or our our childhood or our parents Mm -hmm. you know were a certain way but things happen and you are given a choice as a child how to how to how to deal with that and Mm -hmm. speaking up has repercussions but i'm wired to speak up and i know you are too so yeah it's it's not easy but it's necessary Generational trauma is, I think, the term you were looking for. Okay. (laughs) And that is a part of it, as you know, you and I know each other well enough to know and have had recent discussions even about, you know, internalizing everything. And as single digits, I felt guilty for protecting myself because I knew that my mom did love me. Mm -hmm. I knew that she was hurt. I knew that even if I didn't know the nitty gritty stories yet, which I did learn later, some of them. But I could tell that obviously she loved me and she was trying her best and her best was hurting me. There was just, it didn't, you know, intention versus impact. I know you love me, but the impact is this hurts mm-hmm. and I'm trying to protect myself. But now I'm feeling guilty for protecting myself because I know it hurts you even though you're the adult in the room. And it's not to say, just to be clear, like I feel that because of this, she gave me many gifts. Like I don't see it as a, oh, I'm just the victim here. Mm-hmm what a screw up. There's no part of me that feels that. I cannot imagine living the life she lived, having kids at the age she did, experiencing what she did. I do think she tried her best. I think she continues to try her best. And those actions gave me the tools to protect other people. The the tools that have me right here sitting mm-hmm. in this conversation with you doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. I, If I wasn't forced to articulate what I was feeling, I don't know what I would be doing. Maybe I'd be an engineer. I don't like I don't know what I would be doing, but I doubt it would be this. And this is one of my most proud crafts, you know, and and exciting and connecting and relating to my Mm -hmm. friend Mm -hmm. and about our experiences and then hoping that other people might feel validated and have more tools in their tool bag. So really, you know, thank you, mom. At the same time, it's not you and I talk about the gray area. I think there's a lot of gray area in this like other topics of like it was necessary for me to protect myself i felt guilted you did your best it really hurt i spent a lot of time trying to numb myself out from various things Mm -hmm. with various things but also this is where my greatest gifts come from and i think that comes back to the vulnerability piece that it's that the you know Brene Brown, our buddy that we don't actually know personally, right. <laughs> talks about that vulnerability is the birthplace of you know the pain, but it also is the birthplace of the creativity and connection. So it's a necessary, excruciating, necessary. Uh, I don't even want to say evil, but tool. Yes, of experience. It is. Yes. And the only way you can navigate that experience, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is with words. It's yes. with articulating what is happening. Totally agree. 
Totally agree with that. And yes, very mm. similar experiences. Um, yeah, right. With with my parents, mm -hmm. and in in a different way. I mean, mm. not necessarily the same words, but certainly, um, certainly being put in situations where I felt at a deep level I had to articulate what their actions or their words were doing to me as a child mm -hmm. in the best childlike voice I could. Yeah. I had to stand up and right. say things and and mm -hmm. yes, and then and then that has allowed me to, through my life, stand up, say things. And it's never easy, but when you have that type of a, of a childhood, it affects you, and and it and it, and like I said, good and bad, evil, whatever. It it all of it is a necessity mm -hmm. to get you to where you are now. Mm -hmm. I have wondered for a while, and maybe there's research out there already that tells us what that is, but. Um, I've interacted with a lot of different people, um, and it's interesting that it seems when put in a similar type situation that we have both put in as children, that you either really do seem to go one of two ways. Either you fight back and you, you work to articulate and you become overly responsible for those around you, um, or you kind of check out. And it doesn't, even with people that check out, it's... Um, they also seem to have a very overdeveloped sense of responsibility for the people around them. They also see what's happening. They also seem to have really tend to be more empaths. Um, mm -hmm. But there's this, there's this seems to be a, a decision somewhere along the lines of someone really ends up going down the path of fighting back and then others that see it and numb early. Um, and it's, I don't know what makes the decision. You know, it's but I've just noticed a trend that uh, over and over, it's like, hmm, I wonder what's, you know, the situations are so similar. What's the difference? What's what's the deciding factor there? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's one incident that just really slams you back and you're just like, oh, I'm done. I don't know. But it, I hope that we can continue to explore that um, just out of the <laughs> sake of curiosity, but also maybe we can help people articulating why is what happening yes <laughs> so. yes and i i right i i really don't know yeah why some of us speak up and some of us check out right but you're you're right mm -hmm. in in families it mm -hmm. seems that they're they're not everyone speaks up right and not everyone checks out right yeah and it's like yeah they're so similar to circumstance what's the difference Whew. I know. Another deep one. Another deep one. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're here for, though. And I believe the nook is protecting us, even though the other day you were trying to call a meteor in. I no, I, I really didn't <laughs> want the meteor to come, but I just said, if it came, if, okay. to take me and not you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all. Right. So, just in case <laughs> you got backup plans <laughs> on this hypothetical. Um, so, as we've been uh, finishing up each of our episodes, I'd like to continue with the um, uh, 
articulating something that we are grateful for or love about ourselves. And again, it can relate directly to the conversation or it can just be something that's in your orbit right now. Or... Okay. Um, I'm grateful the meteor didn't come <laughs> yesterday and take me out uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I certainly enjoy sitting here talking to you. <laughs> I am grateful for that too. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of humor there. So, no, yeah. uh, all right, I am grateful for my sense of humor. Yeah, there it's you go. My, my, yeah. one of my tools in my toolbox. Yes, that is. It's an important <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, yes. Need talking need some these, humor. Yeah, talking all these heavy topics, you get exhausted. <laughs> um, I'm grateful. myself I'm grateful that um, I kept pushing that I kept trying that I felt extreme pains and will continue to that's life um, but that I keep going and um, because it aside from whether anyone ever listens to this or not I am grateful that I have our relationship that I know that we wouldn't be friends, that we may have never even met had I not kept pushing. And so mm -hmm. um, I'm grateful for all that that has brought me, as painful as it's been, as scary as it's been, as confusing as it's been. I am thankful for, for my grit, for my determination. Me too. 